Hello and welcome to the Virgin Media Play Podcast, your guide to the latest and greatest in the world of entertainment. Coming up, we'll discuss the sporting year in the company of Conor McNamara, and we'll take a look at one of the year's biggest and best films, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But first, headed to Virgin Media Television next year is The Deceived. A psychological drama, it's written by Lisa McGee, yes, the woman behind Derry Girls. We caught up with her, along with co-writer and husband Toby Beer, to see what the crack is. It's very, very different. It's a bit of a departure. It's a very dark, uh, psychological thriller um, with lots of twists and turns. But I hope, I hope people enjoy it just as much, you know. And of course, I mean, it looked like changing things up, but you were actually developing this at the same time as Derry Girls, right? Was it kind of a, a bit of yin and yang, so to speak? Yeah, and I've, I've always written drama as well. And um, Toby and I wanted to write something we wanted to watch, basically, because we ran out of Hitchcock films. <laughs> so we wanted to write like a modern um, take on that on that, that like old thriller genre, you know? So yeah, that's what we've, we've hopefully done. There's always been great Irish storytellers in theatre and film and now I think you know TV's the next place that we're really gonna shine um, yeah so I'm, I'm really excited about the I think there's just more trust in writers now here and and TV writers and in, in big ideas it's an exciting time we have to talk about Derry Girls um, because obviously it's kind of just gone way beyond a comedy now in terms of connecting with an audience did, was that always part of the plan or did that come by surprise not at all. I don't think you could ever plan something like that. And, it, you know, it, it, it just, it was so lovely, but no one expected it. And I don't think it'll, for me anyway, I don't think I'll ever have a show like that again in my, my career. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just sort of captured everyone at the right time. And it's, yeah, it, it's been phenomenal. But, um, yeah, it's, very, it's a very personal, special show, you know. I try not to let it affect any of the storylines or character development or um, jokes, really. In terms of those uh, political things, it has, I definitely have a, a bit of a, a message I'm trying to bury now because it's sort of weirdly parallel in this very difficult time um, in the present that um, I just feel like uh, th there's things that I want to sort of bury, you know, messages about like how important the peace process is and things like that. You know? Writing as a husband and wife team obviously brings uh, an interesting dynamic to proceedings. Is that a, a diplomatic way of putting it? Yeah, well, we've we've got quite a solid system now where we'll 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 talk about things initially um, together, but then once we start working, we tend to do it separately and then come together briefly and compare notes so that we don't so that we don't spend too much time together is the, <laughs> the, the, the ideal you'll see the deceived next year on virgin media one and of course keep an eye out for the return of dairy girls one man we know who'll be looking forward is snow patrol's gary lightbody he told us all about how much he loves the show the impact that gray's anatomy had on his band's fortunes and of course their new album reworked I think we approached everything so differently from the original one. I mean, every part of it was different. We never went into the studio for a start. Every other, uh, every song, every original version of each of these songs was recorded in a studio somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the the reworked versions were recorded in hotel rooms and dressing rooms when we were on the road on the Wildminster. So 
um, plus we were doing everything differently from the original. It never really felt like a trip down memory lane, to be honest, you know. We weren't listening back to the originals and then sort of thinking, how can we make it different? We were just starting with the guitar or the piano, the, you know, the, you know the, the, the song, the tune, the melody, mm-hmm. um, and then building from there, from scratch, you know. It's funny with the Grey's Anatomy thing, you know, we've been in, we've, our music's been, I, lo- I love TV, I love movies, so um, be hypocritical of me not to, to say no to people using our music in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate adverts, which is why we've never been in an advert. Um, and, uh, but TV and movies, it's like something that's part of, a big part of my life. So um, we've been in loads of TV shows. Our songs have been in loads of TV shows. Our songs have been in loads of movies. But, but none more impactful than that, that one particular, we've been in Grey's Anatomy a few times now, but that one particular Grey's Anatomy play that, that we went from, in America, we went, Chasing Cars was not even in the top 100 on iTunes. And we woke up the next morning, and it was number one. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the impact that 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 particular play had on that show. So of course, you know, there's going to be people that you know, Grey's Anatomy fans, you know, that have come to see the band or bought an album, whatever. And that's great. You know, if it makes them look into the back catalogue, it's even better. Johnny uh, McDeed is born and bred in Derry, and my parents are from Derry, and so I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time up there, my grandmother's uh, as, a, as a kid, so mm. the place I know very well. And the show was fantastic. It's great to hear the dairy accent on the telly and, uh, and in you know, such fine form as well, because it's just so, so funny. So like, it's, it's all, it's my entire, it's my entire family's kind of sense of humor as well. For more from Gary, check out the new issue of Play Magazine, which also includes interviews with the one and only Matt Damon, gaming vlogger Dahi Danogla, and actor John Connors. You'll find it at virginmedia.ie forward slash play 12. If you're in the mood for something a little more Tinseltown, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The latest Quentin Tarantino film is on its way to Virgin Movies, and it's nothing short of a masterpiece. Tarantino has a reputation as a maverick, and to be fair, that's well-earned. All the way back to Reservoir Dogs, he's really marched to the beat of his own drum. But anybody who thinks there's just one tone, that bombastic style that's all manic intensity, has probably missed some chapters along the way. And if anyone needs their minds changing, well, this is the film to do it. It's beautiful, it's bittersweet, it's brilliant. Rent it from December 9th on Virgin Movies. After a memorable year on the sporting front, we thought we'd look back in some very good company. As host of Sports Tonight on Virgin Media One, and commentator for everything from the UEFA Champions League to the Rugby World Cup, who better to discuss it all than Conor McNamara? Across Irish society, people love talking about sport, be it chatting in the pub, you know, so many popular radio shows and, and podcasts about sport. And we're just sort of tapping into that with the added bonus that on TV we can show the pictures. And the great thing with Virgin Media at the moment with the, with the sports channel is that we've got so many rights to, to different things. Sport is absolutely all about opinion. I think nothing has polarised people more than the VAR debate lately in football. And it's it's opinion. And 
it makes me laugh and I'm, I'm quite pro-VAR and I think, you know, we used to, before VAR existed, we would sit down, we'd watch the highlights, you'd watch a match of the day on a Saturday or whatever and I would think, oh, that's definitely a penalty and you across town would be sitting in your house watching and you'd say, there's no way that's a penalty and it was fine because we both had that little view in the back of our heads but now, social media, people interacting, uh, the big debate kind of gets stirred up and it, and it just shows it is all about opinions and I find, you know, things like referees, it's so, so difficult because they have to make a call. We can all blurt out our opinions and there's no real consequences. Referees have to make make decisions and stick by them and stand. But it all makes it a really entertaining conversation. And look, and, and across everything, and I think, you know, we, we, we love to celebrate our great achievements. You know, we've recently had the, the Irish women's team getting their place in the, the Olympics for, for hockey. Uh, Katie Taylor keeps going from, from success to success. And it's great to, to, to get into these conversations and discuss the detail and, 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 and just enjoy those occasions. So it's not all about sort of bickering and arguing about stuff as well. It could be a celebration too. I really enjoyed the whole experience of, of being in Japan. Probably, probably not so much the rugby, which is a shame. Um, look, from an Irish point of view, it, it, I kind of feel we've seen this movie before. I've been lucky enough to, to work at many World Cups over the years. And the Irish team, we, look, look, I wish they did, but we don't. We don't show up. And you can analyse it till the cows come home. Is it a mental thing? Is it we just don't have the resources? Do we build ourselves up too much in, in other occasions uh, and then expect too much when the big tournament comes? But, but the bottom line is, you know, it's not that we've been caught short or we've narrowly missed out. I mean, over the years, we have massively underperformed to expectations again and again and again. Um, so, you know, you can't really be too surprised when it when it happened. Overall, the experience of being in Japan, I thought they put on such a great tournament. I don't know from, obviously, I'm at the other side of the world how much the effect here but you know they had a, a massive natural disaster in the middle of that tournament there was the biggest typhoon in 60 years I mean a huge number of people lost their lives there was a huge number of people displaced from their houses and for all that to happen in the actual locality of where the tournament was taking place to then still go on and, and get the absolute majority of games played and, and still put on a great tournament was, was a, a wonderful testimony I mean I do know that, that, that Japan-Scotland game which was one of the big question marks would it go ahead and one of those group games that really would have mattered if it didn't that game, the volunteers went the day before, as they knew the storm was coming, to sleep in the stadium with the idea that because once the storm comes, we might be able to get to the stadium then, so then they could work overnight to get it ready. I mean, that sort of commitment, frankly, would that happen in, in most other countries? I don't think it would. And I think the Japanese have to be you know, commended for what a great tournament they put on. We're not really going to care about the World Cup in four years' time. It's going to be, well, come on, we're paying whoever this weekend and we want to win this game. And that is the difficulty. You know, we don't have patience as, as sporting fans. You know, are we saying we're going to sacrifice three or four years of Six Nations rugby just to experiment? I don't think people are going to sign that deal with the devil. Um, look, you've got, to, you've got to narrowly make the changes. And I think huge sweeping changes wouldn't be of, an, of a good effect if you said we're getting rid of everyone you know we, we had Ronan O'Gara as a guest on, on the Virgin Media Sports Tonight programme very recently and he said and you know, no one knows better than him about the pressures of wearing number 10 for Ireland he said Joey Carby's not ready yet he said you know Johnny Sexton last year was World Player of the Year he has proved it time and time again that he does deliver okay didn't deliver like the rest of the team at the World Cup but more often than not Johnny Sexton has delivered Joey Carby's had so many injuries in his career his club career as well as his international career he's not yet reached that level to come in and I think it's a, it's a convincing argument you know to say right World Cup four years time realistically Carby could well be the guy wearing number 10 but it doesn't mean he's got to come in now he's got to earn his stripes he's got to get his body right he's got to develop in the way that, that, that'll work best for the team um, but yeah, certain guys look you know Rory Best bows out as he would have done if we'd won the World Cup he'd have bowed out he knows who he's going it must be tough on some of the guys who you know have put in a good shift it didn't work for whatever reason at the World Cup and now people are saying oh well you're past your sell by day now and we're all forgetting the great glories that they have achieved not in the distant past just in, in recent years when they've won things like Grand Slams obviously you're preparing to another night on the Champions League here um, 
it started slightly wildly perhaps Liverpool losing in a couple of shock results elsewhere starting to sort of business as usual right now yeah the, look I find the Champions League the, you know just the best football to watch I think it's funny enough I actually think it's the best television to watch you look back to last season the knockout stages the drama and those games those Tottenham games and the Ajax performances and you know the big guns like Barcelona and Juventus being dumped out of the competition and obviously how Liverpool did that incredible comeback against Barcelona and, and all the rest of it and, and it was week in week out our breath was taken away. And that is, the, you know, you talk about water cooler moments. And it's funny, actually, recently the, the passing of Gay Byrne and people were all talking about that. It was something that kind of brought the country together. And I think, you know, nowadays we don't sit, like we did that sort of late, late show back in the day where everyone would watch the same programme at the same time. Everyone's streaming stuff and watching it at different times. Sport, live sport. No one wants to watch that after the event. You want to watch that when it's live. And that's where people are interacting on social media. And that, I think, is where we collectively, we, we watch things together. I think the Champions League group stage is gets a little bit of a, 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 of a, of a tough um, rep sometimes because people say, oh, well, you know, some of the weaker teams are in there. But, you know, to get in there, you've got to have performed very well in, in your own country. Take Ajax, OK? They, they were the double winners in Holland. They had got to the semi-finals last year. They still had to go through multiple qualifying rounds just to get into that group stage this year. You know, so all the teams in there are good. And and I think, you know, you look at you know, Premier League teams, which have a lot of our focus. I mean, Liverpool have put in some, some really good performances already this season. And, and for Jurgen Klopp, he doesn't want to take his eye off the Premier League ball to say oh well, let, let's put out a subpar performance of the Champions League because he wants that momentum to continue um, but then suffice to say with all that being said and as great as the group stages are it's when we reach the knockout stages that's when this competition just just you know <laughs> sets fire to itself because it, you cannot take your eye off that and, and but to get into those quali- uh, knockout rounds you've got to do well in the group and, and every season big teams end up losing out and not finishing in those top two places so the, the, there's a lot of jeopardy in the group stages which I think make it so so interesting to watch Coming towards the end of the year what kind of stands out as the, the best and biggest moments of 2019 in sport for you? Uh, you know there's little moments and I think as a, as a commentator I'm really spoiled because I get to go to so many games and you get to sit on the halfway line in this great seat and and you just sometimes have to stop and pinch yourself and you say, you know, you're lucky to be there. But the trouble is, because I do so many games over the course of a year, actually things will pass you by. You'll forget about things. And, you, and and I feel guilty about that. I think, you know, if I went as a fan with my mates and you'd buy the programme and you'd remember, do you remember that night in Barcelona? Or do you remember that night in Madrid? And it would become really pertinent to you. I, I'm completely spoiled in terms of the things, things pass me by. You're, you're just worried about the next game or how good the last game was. For me, special moments. And, and funny enough, you know, Liverpool ended up winning that that two-legged tie against Barcelona last season but one of my favourite moments of commentating the Champions League last year was when Lionel Messi scored the free kick in the, in the first leg and what I loved was the inevitability about it as a commentator what you love is that you you almost like feel you can see into the future and you know what's going to happen so that as you're saying it you know you've, you've almost know what the end of your sentence is and when he stood there the fans behind the goal were hands over their head clapping in this kind of rhythmic motion he's standing there the wall is built and you can just see that top corner everyone knows that's what he's going to do he is going to kick the ball into that top corner but knowing what he's going to do and stopping it are, are two completely different things and that was just one of the things where I felt as a commentator I could set the scene I could give it the big build up and you're not over hyping it because it really is a big moment he really is going to deliver bang he does and that that to me is one of those things that would that would stand out you know there were, there were greater sporting stories last season but just for a commentary moment I love that the other was the, the Lucas Moura late goal for Tottenham against Ajax and I remember you know doing it with Kevin Kibat and one of the things I would always say you know to the pundits who were with me you know I don't like and I this is not just working there I don't like listening to it if people just start shrieking and shouting you know like anyone can do that anyone fan can do that you know if you're listening at home if someone's shrieking okay they're excited but you don't know what they're saying and that day myself and Kevin we were like Aah! 
I don't, we couldn't get the words out. And I actually though really liked it because it was organic and it was natural and it was it was just this oh my god can you believe what you've just seen moment. Um, and the Champions League delivers on those and, and look we're very lucky Virgin Media Sport at the moment that we have every single game live so there's no risk of missing it you know it's not like oh the other game was better than our game no no we've got all the games and and therefore we've got all the big moments and that's it for this Virgin Media Play podcast but there's still time to tell you about a special podcast arriving soon we sit down with artist comedian and all-round superstar Aoife Dooley discussing year one Nikita her newfound status as an award-winning author and a whole lot more Make sure to subscribe to the Virgin Media Play podcast and you'll have that to look forward to very soon indeed. Until then, take care and stay entertained.